Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, What's the podcast? Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Jack. Sports Jack. It's Sports Jack. Welcome to episode 325 of the Sports Yak Podcast. You mean the Jermaine Die episode? That name escapes me. Well, he had a very good career with the Royals, the A's, and closed out with the White Sox. Had five terrifically productive years with the White Sox as a right fielder and a slugger. Belted 325 home runs in his career. I think his last year with the White Sox... Yeah, he only hit 250 at the plate and was a defensive liability. But he had 27 homers and 90 RBI. And then all of a sudden, at the age of 35, after a season like that, left the game of baseball. Had offers. I know the Cubs offered him like $4 million that offseason as a free agent. Didn't take it. Didn't go anywhere. And now lives out in San Diego with his three kids. And a lot of people speculated, well, was there racism involved in not signing Jermaine Dye? I think Jermaine Dye had the foresight to know that someday there would be a podcast that needed an episode 325 <laughs> to dedicate. And he said, I'm sitting at 325, homers. I'm going to do that. Nice. So, Jermaine Dye, this one's for you. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is! Good! It's good! It's good! 
Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, this one will be relived, Chuck Freebie. Forever! What an exciting weekend with Notre Dame baseball. Well, as you know, I did the games on radio for 10 years. And I can guarantee you, other than maybe a blue-gold game when Golden Tate was playing both football and baseball back in 2009, there were never crowds like that at Frank X Stadium. Place was packed. It was boisterous. And, of course, everybody's in a good mood because they don't have to wear the mask anymore. They can come out to the games for the first time this year. Weather was great. Weather was spectacular. Great. And Notre Dame more than took care of business, beating three opponents by a combined score of 50-5 to and going to the Super Regional for the first time since 2002. Wow. So they beat Central Michigan on Friday, 11 to nothing. John Michael Bertrand with a five-hit shutout was spectacular. Then they clubbed Connecticut 26-3 to on Saturday night. Six homers in that game. And then they come out last night, struggled for the first three innings. It's one to nothing in the fourth. They're trailing for the first time in the series. You're thinking, okay, are they in trouble? Here comes Nico Cavadas again, and he clubs his fifth home run of the weekend. And it was a shot over the right center field wall. It's 2-1 to one in the fifth. Carter putts, it's a grand slam, and then the route is on. And the Irish go on to win it 14-2, to two, a joyous celebration out by the pitcher's mound. 15 homers hit by this team over the weekend. They had hit 45 all season. They hit 15 on the weekend. Now, Link Jarrett did say the Frank X Stadium played differently this weekend than he's ever seen it before. Typically, especially in the spring at that ballpark, the wind comes in off the lake, it blows out of the northwest, and it's a pitcher's park. The the wind blows in a lot at Frank Eck. Well, this weekend, the wind was blowing out. And when the wind is blowing out, Frank Eck is a small ballpark. And it showed. Man, did the Irish take advantage of it. You know, Cavadas had been struggling coming into this. He moved down to sixth in the lineup. Link Jarrett talked to him before Friday, said, hey, it's nothing personal. I just think this is the best thing for the team. And Nico responded, five homers, his his slugging percentage over the weekend was over 2,000. Player of the weekend? Yeah, he was the most outstanding player of the regional. I got a chance to catch up with him after the regional and talk about his performance. Nico, congratulations. How do you explain the utter domination of the last three days by this team? Uh, it's been awesome. Um, we had such a great week of preparation and Sometimes, or sometimes I think it helps uh, to humble you a little bit to get beat pretty good. And I think that that Virginia game was kind of a blessing in disguise. We were uh, so focused this week and so detail-oriented, and our starting pitching was just phenomenal uh, this weekend, and it helped us stay in this game today. I don't think we scored till the fourth or fifth inning. So I think our starting pitching being as good as it was helped us hang in there before the offense could really explode. And I'm really proud of this, this group of guys. This has been so much fun to be a part of. This team hit 45 homers during the year. You had 15 this weekend. What happened? Uh, yeah, I think uh, we had a little bit of adrenaline going. 
Um, we're facing some high quality arms and we knew that we had to match that with high quality at bats. And I think that we were really disciplined and we took aggressive swings and offensive pitches and it really paid off. What was it like for you this weekend? You had been slumping coming in and to snap out of that in front of so many of your buddies sitting down there, down the right field line. What was that like for you? Yeah, that was really, really cool. Um, those are guys that have my back and love me, whether I hit five home runs or whether I strike out 15 times in a row. So to be able to perform in front of them is really, really cool. And last one for me, I know you had a victory celebration at Victory Field when you were in high school. How did tonight's compare? It was cool. It was really, really cool. Um, state championship was cool because it was kind of the end, but we're not finished here yet. So this one was a lot more moderate. So now what's next for this team? Well, they will play the winner of the Starkville Regional. And the Starkville Regional is at Mississippi State University. They are playing Campbell today. Campbell has to beat Mississippi State twice in order to move on. Mississippi State just needs one win. They're playing at home. They're the favorite. And because Mississippi State is the better seed, Notre Dame would have to go down there and play. And you might say, uh-oh, they could be in trouble. Well, Notre Dame has gone to Starkville for regionals before. And even though they have not won, uh, they came out of that regional. I remember the fans at Starkville gave them a standing ovation after the last game because of the effort that Notre Dame played with. They were kind of an upstart at that time. It might have even been under Pat Murphy. And the the fans were so enamored with how well this team played and how hard they played that they just kind of adopted them even though they were playing against the home team. Hey, speaking of Notre Dame baseball, did I see a tweet last week, and I can't remember if we've talked about this or not, Palmineri hanging up the hat? He is. This is going to be his final season. LSU is still alive in the tournament. They are out at Eugene, Oregon tonight to play the homestanding Ducks. Okay. And I believe uh, it's down to the final game where it's LSU and Oregon, and the winner moves on. So what a great career he's had. He got very emotional during his press conference. Uh, and, and if you know Paul Manarian, I know you do, and I do too. I mean, that's the kind of guy he is. He wears his heart on his sleeve. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't surprising that he got emotional during his press conference down at LSU because I I don't know that I've ever had a conversation where Paul Maneri didn't get emotional. Uh, so... Good luck to him. It would be great to see LSU move on and stay alive and continue his run, but that's a uh, that's a tough thing to ask them to win out at Oregon tonight. That's a late-night game. I think it's on ESPN 2 at 10 o'clock. Okay. What do you think the secret sauce is? New leadership, new regime, uh, enthusiastic players, all of the above? Well, I think, I think there were players that were hungry to win. Okay. I think... Link Jarrett has given these hitters a very simplified approach as they go to the plate. They study they study things like spin rate of balls and where every pitcher, every team is very well scouted. It's a very cerebral team. And quite frankly, this weekend they played with a chip on their shoulder. They thought they should have been a top eight seed. And if you're a top eight seed, you're playing super regional at home. Notre Dame won the Atlantic Coast Conference by four and a half games. The Atlantic Coast Conference 
is viewed by most people as the second best conference in college baseball behind the SEC. So you would think that the champion of the second best conference in college baseball would be a top eight seed. Instead, the third place team in the Big 12 was a top eight seed, and that's Texas Tech. And so Notre Dame was ticked, and they played like they were ticked this weekend. I mean, they put a thrashing on teams. They wanted to let it be known that they're they're deserving of better. And so I think they're going to take this ticked-off attitude down to Starkville with them as well. Now, they're not going to sneak up on people like they did years ago when they went down there. And they're, they're a known commodity now. But I think Link Jarrett has given his hitters an approach. He retooled the defense, and now the defense is number one in the nation in fielding percentage. He took players and put them... It's kind of like when Era Parsegian first came to Notre Dame back in the 60s. And he took the talent, but he kind of moved the pieces around to where it fit better. And that's what Link did. He took... Zach Breisner, who was a second baseman, he put him at shortstop. He took Jared Miller, who was the shortstop, and he put him at second base. And I asked him last night, I said, how, how did you move these pieces around to get an infield that played as well as it does? And he goes, well, he goes, let's start in the middle. Preisner, as a shortstop, has a better arm than Miller. So that's why I wanted him at shortstop rather than at second base. He goes, second base is a hard position to play, but you got to have a lot of lateral movement. Miller has that. He goes, Miller has range, and he's very good at making the pivot at second base, which allowed them to turn five double plays last night. He says, Cavadas is a terrific hitter, but athletically, third base is not for him. So we moved him to the other corner, figuring he'd be comfortable, and he has been. He's become a, a very good first baseman picking up throws. And he works hard at it. At third base, he's got Jack Brannigan, who Link said last night is athletic, is as athletic as any third baseman at any level of baseball. He says, now is he a major league third baseman right now? No, but his athleticism, and it showed on the last play of the game last night, there's a ball hit down the third base line that Brannigan has to range well into foul territory to field. It's still a fair ball mm-hmm. and makes the throw to first in time to get the runner for the last out of the game. So he has evaluated his personnel and put them in the right spot to succeed. And really, whether you are a manager in a company or a manager of a baseball team, that's your job. Evaluate the personnel that you're given and put them in the best spot to succeed. Okay. When you were talking about Miller's arm being better, is that because the throws are further from shortstop? Yes. Okay. And and accuracy, I'm guessing. Right. Okay. And Preisner is more of a a physical specimen than Jared Miller is. Okay. It doesn't mean that he's a better baseball player because Jared Miller is a much better hitter. But defensively, Preisner is an excellent shortstop. All right, well, good luck to the Irish coming up in Starkville. Yeah, it should be fun, and and we'll find out for sure by Wednesday's show who they're playing. Chuck, let's head to the Windy City and talk about baseball on the north and the south side. Well, the White Sox yesterday made Tony La Russa the second winningest manager all time in Major League Baseball. He passed John McGraw, the great New York Giants manager, for the number two spot. 
He sits number two behind Connie Mack, who managed for 50 years mm. with the Philadelphia A's. So not likely that Tony's going to catch Connie Mack, but still a great accomplishment to become number two. And he did as the White Sox beat the Tigers by a count of 3 nothing, extending their lead over Cleveland to four games in the American League Central. Uh, the White Sox over the weekend took advantage of playing an inferior team and beat them three out of four and looked pretty good in doing so. Dylan C struck out 10 yesterday. Uh, the Sox scored all their runs in one inning. Andrew Vaughn had an RBI single. Tim Anderson a two-run single. Adam Engel came up from Charlotte, made a spectacular catch to rob a home run in the fifth inning. And so the Sox are playing pretty much the way most people thought they would. You know, run differential has now become a big stat in baseball. Run differential. And that's basically your winning margin. Okay. So the White Sox are the only team in the American League Central to have a positive run differential over the course of the season which kind of tells you how weak that division is right now. And they're taking advantage of it. They're leading that division by four games. Cubs are out on the West Coast, Chuck? Yeah, they did not play well, quite frankly, the first three games of the series. And Kyle Hendricks did not look good the first two innings yesterday. The Cubs fell behind by a count of 3-1. to one. But this kid, Patrick Wisdom, that they have brought up from AAA because of all the injuries... He's kind of a career AAA player. He was a high draft pick of the Cardinals back in 2012. Uh, probably has almost 2,000 at-bats at the AAA level. 29 years old. So they call him up, and in the last seven games, he has six home runs. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's a phenom right now, and David Ross admits, we are riding this kid as long as we can, because you never... We've seen guys like this over the years have have flare-ups with the Cubs and then not pan out at all. But for the time being, Patrick Wisdom is swinging a great bat. Uh, for some reason, they keep throwing him fastballs, and he keeps hitting them. And so he salvaged a game for the Cubs yesterday, which keeps them in first place tied with a red-hot Milwaukee team. Meanwhile, the Cardinals were playing at home and lost four in a row to the Reds. So the Cardinals now two and a half off the pace. The Reds are four back. And the Cubs now have to continue this West Coast trip as they go to San Diego tonight for a three-game set. And the key to this series will be the Wednesday game. Jake Arrieta versus Hugh Darvish. That should be a fun one down San Diego way. Of all the people that would say something to me, my wife said, Julius Jones or Julio Jones. Is that a is that a thing? And I said, apparently. Julio Jones goes from the Atlanta Falcons to the Tennessee Titans for a second round draft pick next year and a fourth and sixth round pick in 2023. And the reason I say it that way, kids, okay, I understand he's 32. He's also a seven-time Pro Bowl receiver who averages almost 90 catches a year and you're now going to put him on a Tennessee team that already has Antonio Brown on one side so now Julio Jones is probably going to see more single coverage than he was seen in the NFC South when he was basically all the Falcons had 
in the receiving core. I think this is a dangerous move for the teams in the AFC South, and that includes the Indianapolis Colts. Because you got that big load Derrick Henry in the backfield for the Titans. These two tremendous receivers. Who's throwing to them? Ryan Tannehill. Okay. Who whose stock just went up quite a bit, I think. So that might be a team to watch this fall. I think the Titans are definitely now a dangerous offensive team in the AFC South. Tennessee's defense still has some question marks about it, but boy, that offense should be very productive in the AFC South. So we'll see what happens, but I would have thought the Falcons could have exacted more of a price for Julio. A second-round draft pick next year and a fourth and a sixth in 2023. Tennessee got a steal there, in my opinion. Okay. My son's at church camp this week, left this morning. Yes, he did. Dad, will you text me NBA playoff updates? Yes, son, I will. Maybe we'll even send him a sports yak shout-out. I don't know. We could. Uh, Caleb, I'm sure, not a yak listener. Although no. we want to say hello to our new yak listener, David Borntrager. Me- nevertheless, the Clippers have moved on. Last year, they had an embarrassing Game 7 loss down in the bubble. This year, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and the rest of the L.A. Clips get the job done against Luka Doncic in Dallas yesterday, winning 126-111. So the Clippers move on to face Utah in the Western Conference semifinals. Utah is the number one seed, so the Clips are going to have their hands full. And if you know anything about the L.A. Clippers, you know that it has long been a joke of a franchise in the NBA. They've never been to the NBA Finals. But right now, they're the only team in L.A. still playing basketball. Do you think you'd ever say that in 2021? <laughs> you know, I, I've been a long time kind of just rooting for the Clippers as kind of an underdog. Sure. And, and yeah, they've, they've, they've become a lot better now that they have new ownership. They used to have an owner named Donald Sterling who loved himself some Donald Sterling, but didn't love himself the players, didn't love paying for things. Um, So once they got him out of there, uh, the new ownership has really done a good job of building this franchise and making it attractive to stars like Chris Paul, like Kawhi Leonard. I mean, there's a lot to be said for living in L.A. and playing where the Clippers play. And you start winning, things change. Yes. Yes, they do. So, we'll see how they do against the Jazz. The other series that played yesterday was Atlanta and Philadelphia. Now, Philadelphia's got Joel Embiid kind of banged up right now. You take him out of the lineup. He is a big presence in that Philadelphia lineup. And Atlanta took advantage yesterday and beat him 128-124. Trey Young had 35 for the Hawks. And Atlanta is a dangerous team in the East. Now, do I think they're better than the other series with Brooklyn and Milwaukee? No. Do I think the Atlanta Hawks have a chance of playing in the NBA Finals? No. Do I think they have a chance in this series against Philadelphia? Yeah. Yeah, I do, especially with Embiid banged up. Sixers are going to win the whole thing. That's the team that lost yesterday. You know that, don't you? I was just repeating something that I uh, said about six episodes ago. Okay. 
And that was I, that way. I'd have to go find the audio for and it. And that was when Joel Embiid was healthy. <laughs> and here's the other problem: Brooklyn doesn't have a healthy James Harden right now. Uh oh. So can Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant carry that team enough against Milwaukee? Of course, with your buddy Giannis and my buddy Pat Connaughton, can the Bucks come up with a big win tonight out in Brooklyn and even that series at a game apiece? Who do you think right now in the finals? Go. I would say the Nets from Brooklyn, and I would go with. I'll go with Utah, even though Donovan Mitchell has been banged up. Okay. So Brooklyn and Utah in an NBA Finals. Does that do anything for you? That doesn't. That doesn't. But we'll see. All right, let's head local. Let's talk local stuff. High school coaching moves. I saw a few tweets. Yeah, so while you were gone, uh, the big move that happened was Ryan Bales leaves Plymouth to become the athletic director at Northridge. He's 44. He's been a high school basketball coach for 20 years, uh, the last 11 of which have been at Plymouth. But I'm going to be frank with people here. The Plymouth athletic community, which was once filled with great and rich tradition, has gone downhill. And I think that showed up last year. The basketball team really struggled. The football team really struggled. The baseball team really struggled. And I think Ryan Bales, first of all, had an opportunity for career advancement to become an athletic director, which is something that he's always been interested in. Okay. He gets to go to Northridge, a very supportive community of athletics with some of the best facilities around. So the facilities have already been built. You don't have to worry about that. You have community investment. You have fan support. Really, I mean, all he kind of has to do here is maintain rather than build. And he looks probably at the pipeline in Plymouth and says, I don't know when the Rockies slash Pilgrims are going to be really good again. So maybe now's the right time to leave. So he leaves, he advances himself, and what spoke volumes to me about Ryan Bales was not only the warm welcome he got from the Middlebury community coming in, but how the people in Plymouth said, you're getting a great, they had no trash talk for him whatsoever. They're not like, he's a bum, thank God we got rid of him. They were so impressed with how he handled both winning and losing with character and integrity that I saw nothing but plaudits about Ryan Bales from the Plymouth community. So that speaks volumes. But that is a that is a job that, on the surface, if you if you told people five years ago, hey, the Plymouth basketball job is open, there would be all kinds of people leaping at this job, and there might still be all kinds of people leaping at this job. But this is a rebuilding job right now that you're going to have to do within Plymouth, and I don't think that's Ryan Bale's fault. I just think it's one of those cycles that communities get in. And right now, Plymouth's in a very tough cycle athletically. The season. Right. Okay. Now, they do have a new girls basketball coach, and her name is Michaela Box. You may have heard the name within the last decade. She was a star player at Bremen and then went on to play at Grace College. And so very young coach. She's been an assistant with Dave Duncan the last couple of years at Plymouth. 
And so one of the new coaches coming in, we talked about this with the boys recently, how you're seeing 23, 25-year-olds get head coaching jobs now, and that's the case for Michaela Box down at Plymouth. So we'll see what she can do with that girls' basketball program, which has not had a lot of turnover. I mean, you had Dave Cox and Dave Duncan for about 20 to 25 years as the head coaches there. So she takes over a program that's stable in terms of coaching environment but has, you know, really struggled to get past the 500 mark in recent years, again, because of the athletic cycle that this town seems to be in. Hey, let's stay with high school on here. You said busy high school weekend? Oh, my gosh. And we had all kinds. We had boys track state finals, girls track state finals, girls tennis state finals on both sides of the border. So we had a young man out of Edwardsburg, Luke Stowasser, who won both the high jump and the long jump at the Division II state finals. That's not an easy feat to replicate. That tells you that young man's got some spring in his legs. I was going to say, they got themselves a frog. And uh, so congratulations to him. He was our one double champion over the weekend. Great story out of Elkhart in the Indiana Girls State Track Finals, Mia Pulianis wins the discus competition. She is the first girl from Elkhart to ever win mm. a state individual track title. So she was phenomenal. She beat her nearest competition by nine feet. That's how dominant she was wow. over the weekend. And uh, a terrific job by her. And then on the boys' state track, Will Neubauer, uh, and we posted video of this yesterday on the 46 Sports Twitter page, but Will Neubauer of South Bend Adams wins a brilliant 800-meter race by a fraction of a second. And so he gives South Bend Adams uh, a notch in their crown as the Eagles bring home an individual state track championship. And and we had other competitors. Look, the Warsaw 4x800 girls relay team had barely made the state finals and they took something like 43 seconds off their time between the regional and the state and wound up finishing second in the state in the 4x800 relay. That's quite an accomplishment, that trimming of time. 43 seconds. I mean, think of, you know, be silent for 43 seconds. And I know many of you wish we would be. Uh, but be silent for 43 seconds and imagine that's how much you were able to take off your time in a week. Esau Haynes from Michigan City loses, well, I shouldn't say, he finishes second in the state 100 meters by nine one-thousandths of a second (laughs) to Ezra Llewellyn of Pioneer. And one of the things I like about the Indiana State track and field finals is they don't do it by classes. So here's Pioneer, a little kind of on the border between a 1A and a 2A school. And they've got the fastest kid in the state. He won the 100 meters fair and square. Doesn't matter if you're from Carmel, Elkhart. Elkhart's Derek Woods finished seventh. Or this little town in Royal Center. He's getting a parade today in Royal Center, Indiana. It shouldn't be a long parade. But uh, <laughs> congrats to Ezra Llewellyn. And then on the tennis side, the St. Joe girls tennis team finishes as state runner-up. They beat Evansville Memorial on Friday 3-2. They beat Jasper 4-1 on Saturday and lost 4-1 to the mighty Carmel Greyhounds in the state finals. But what a year for Bill Mountford's team to go all the way down to state 
and finish number two in the state. Uh, an incredible accomplishment. We no longer have any Indiana baseball or softball teams alive. They had a very tough day on Saturday. Adams baseball was the only one to reach a regional final, and they got beat by a very good Munster team by a count of 9-2. And Fairfield was the only team to reach the softball semi-state championship game, and Pioneer was able to blank the Falcons 7-0. So baseball softball season done in Indiana. Now up in Michigan, it's a different story. They're at a different level of the tournament. Lakeshore had a very good weekend, won both the baseball and softball district final. Nice. Buchanan had a very good weekend, won both the baseball and softball district final. Edwardsburg, Edwardsburg. won a softball final uh, for the first time in four years. So uh, a lot of teams still alive up in Michigan. River Valley did very well, and I think they won both a baseball and softball final as well. So the Michigan tournament's about a week behind the Indiana tournament, which explains why we have more teams still involved up there. Okay. Hey, we're going to get to this one-hit wonder update on the Sports Yak with 2K's Twitter account. But one more headline, uh, speaking of tennis. French Open had kind of a, a Sunday where the, while it's been the year of the old folks in many sports, including the Indy 500 when Elio Castroneves took the checkered flag, uh, it was not that way Sunday at the French Open Tennis Tournament. Roger Federer said he had to listen to his body, and he pulled out of the French Open after having won his first three matches. He's trying to keep himself fresh for Wimbledon. and a, a, Is that a bigger deal than the French Open? It's a major just like the French Open, but it's played on a different surface. Okay. And so the surface at Wimbledon or the U.S. Open is more akin to the power of Roger Federer's game or somebody like a Novak Djokovic gotcha. than the French Open, which is played on clay. Clay tends to slow down the ball. It's more of a shot maker's game, which is why it's known as the Rafael Nadal Invitational because he has won the French Open more times than any other player. That's his superpower. That's his superpower. Meanwhile, Venus, or I think I wrote down there Venus, but it's Serena Williams... Come on, Chuck. I know. 40 years old, loses in the fourth round of the French Open yesterday to 21-year-old Elena Rebekina. So maybe, maybe we're finally starting to see a changing of the guard in tennis. I, I noticed yesterday when I posted the Serena story on the Facebook page, there were a lot of people who were like, they're, they're kind of tired of Serena Williams winning all the time. They want to see some new blood. Perhaps the new blood they'll see is Kokokoff because she is still alive uh, playing today in the French Open. In fact, uh, we'll see here. Now, pardon my ignorance because I was at a conference. I was kind of out of it. Is she the one that said, I'm not talking to the press? No, that's Naomi Osaka, and she withdrew after her first-round match because... Well, first of all, they fined her $15,000 for not talking to the press. And eventually they could have eliminated her because it's a rule that you have to talk to the press. Mm -hmm. She explained that she's going through some mental health issues. Oh. And apologized for kind of making the press the focal point and making herself the focal point. She did not want to distract from the other players playing there. But Naomi Osaka withdrew from the French Open last week. And hopefully, uh, 
She's had mental health problems in the past, and hopefully she'll find the help she needs. But Kukukov won her fourth-round match today, and she is now in the quarterfinals. So America can get behind that young lady and say, Coco. One hit wonder. Boy, what a summer it's already been with these songs. Huh? Are you enjoying it? I love it. I love my little daily text of who I need to put in the uh, the poll. So today we have Play That Funky Music by Wild Cherry versus Maniac. Uh, Wild Cherry is leading the pack. Sugar Sugar dominating over Here Comes the Hot Stepper. I'm not surprised at that. I'm the lyrical dancer. Ice Ice Baby eliminates Tony Basil and Mickey. Uh, Baby Got Back. Over 96 tears, that's coming over. Of course, my Sharona, a winner. Uh, yeah, and this is last week. Rock Me Amadeus barely beating the night the lights went out in Georgia. That one surprised me a little bit. Yeah? I thought, given our audience, Vicki Lawrence might have a little more pull. Well, looks like a little more push. hey So we are now in second-round matchups. We have started... Uh, the second round. We are putting in songs that have not competed yet, and then we'll get around to first round winners versus second round buys. Okay. I think people will see the matchups intensify a little bit here <laughs> as we get into round two of the tournament. wonder if they'll be speaking to the press during uh, this uh, tourney. What would be funny is if any of these account, if any of these musicians still have Twitter accounts. Latched onto and this? we could tag them and they could help share. I should probably start doing that. Let's start doing that. That would be fun. Okay. To see to see how competitive they get. Great to be back in the saddle with my co-man Good Chuck to have Reeby you back on the Sports Yak podcast. Now you're on Twitter, right? I am at 46 Sports. Any update on the blue check? None. Not a one? Not one. I'm, well... We're waiting. <laughs> uh, hit the old like button. Tell a friend. You're on subscribe. Twitter too, right? I am. My name is Corey Sports Yak with two Ks. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga-looga, Jermaine Die. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. Sports Yak is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 